So we start off today's Nine Hertz podcast with the excellent Bantha Rider, who we've had on before, haven't we, Pete? But yeah, just obviously, like this band have got so much better in the last in the last few years. I mean, we were absolutely amazed by their debut that they sent through back in twenty seventeen. Can't quite believe it's been that long. But um, yeah, they're back, and what a release! Yeah, you reviewed them back then. I really enjoyed that. I was, you know, really grateful for you put forward that it's instrumental music, uh, instrumental stoner rock, and kind of one of the best things I always find with bands like this, they don't, they're not stuck in an aesthetic around the lyrics. So you can kind of, you know, you can call your songs whatever you want. You can create a visual and a, a feel to it based on, you know, on whatever else your interests are. Unless you're someone like Camera to Burn and you just go to, you know, you number your songs. But yeah, it's missing out on an opportunity, surely. Um, and obviously Band the Rider have gone with Star Wars, which is, you know, it's there on the visuals. The last album had the uh, the sand person having a, uh, with a bong. This has got similarly brilliant artwork. It's got song titles referencing Rancor and, and this song itself, which is called the Wanawanga, which is one of Jabba the Hutt's henchmen's catchphrase. So, yeah, and aside from that, it's not just like gimmicky. It, it, you know, in that sense, that's not the only appeal of this. It, this is really good stone and rock. They, they kind of, like you say, they've got better from the last album. It's just uh, a, a great album to, to listen to. You know, if you're in stone and rock, you're going to love this. Yeah, and if you're into Star Wars as well, obviously these these references are amazing. <laughs> like we we always um, kind of muse on like there's a lot of music that's um, influenced by the original trilogy, the 70s and 80s. Mm. But are we going to see a Phantom Menace themed band in time? Um, I'm sure there are ones out there, but <laughs> I don't know if it holds the same um, nostalgia or <laughs> or, or cult appeal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Star Wars is pretty. You know, it's a fairly obvious cultural reference. One of the big, you know, the, probably the biggest cultural reference. And actually, you know, like say, you know, like black metal has a, a Lord of the Rings fixation, and you know, there's kind of a lot of um, sci-fi obsessed bands there who, who kind of follow Dune. Star Wars is almost so uh, blatant. It, it, it there aren't too many like this and so it is pretty you know it, it's still even though it's so obvious it's it doesn't feel um overused and it, it feels fun yeah i think banther rider if you if we'll lay down the gauntlet here if banther rider can come back with a jar jar binks song that's actually good we'll be impressed <laughs> yes yeah, there you go there's a challenge brilliant so yeah um this is actually our last new release podcast of the year uh, we're going to be doing a sort of rundown of our favorite tracks or favorite albums from this year and trust me the, we've had to pare it down to from something like 30 or 40 different releases through the year but uh, yeah we've got nine last tracks to sort of play this week we're going straight into the next one this is a band called Nipugia uh, from Chile uh, they've put out a release on a label called Gene Scene Creamers that we've played many things from before and they seem to have a really good ear for this kind of thing but yeah I just I was astonished by this really sort of rage influenced kind of emo stuff but like I think they they have a sort of story on there don't they Pete how how they kind of came together almost a jokey side project uh combined I mean, you know presumably that means they're in other bands as well which I think deserves some uh, investigation by us because this is so good uh but yeah combined like this this output for their love of emo and metal and bringing that together in what they call emo violence and you know I, i'm guessing the fact that they've got i think they've got a few albums now for a few releases i'm guessing they've kind of realized this you know there's no joke about this is you know it's really good i've only heard uh, one or two songs from this because um i didn't get a chance to play your tracks till, till later on but i love it the first thing that hits you is the vocals this kind of you know the, the high-pitched power violency type vocal throughout but then 
a brief bit where the guttural, you know, this real guttural um, vocal comes in, provides an amazing contrast. And then there's this kind of almost like a third style just peaks in right at the end. It's, it's less than a minute long and they do all that. And then I needed to go back in just to actually listen to the track because I was so taken aback by that. And, and that is this wonderfully kind of fucked up, energetic, hardcore. The whole thing is, is brilliant and I just need to hear more of this band. Yeah, I mean, the, the ten tracks, well, the seven tracks that they've put out are, are less than kind of five minutes in total. Um, but what I'm most interested by is the fact that they've put out a CD version of this um, that they've called a vinyl CD hybrid. So I think on the top of it, it's actually got the grooves that play the huh. tune as well. So whether that's like just an effect on the top or whether it actually plays, I'd be interested to know because they don't actually make it clear on uh, Gene Scene Creamers. But um, yeah, if you want to hear this, uh, it's uh, an album called Secretrices. And it's on jeanscenecreamers.bandcamp.com. Uh, we're going to play a quick track off this called Ojos Como Hielo. When we uh, make a list of uh, our favourite releases of the year, um, we're very, very conscious, and I think we've learnt this from a few years of, of doing this kind of thing, is just the fact that we can't kind of cut off at November. I think a lot of a lot of websites do and a lot of magazines do, but to do that is to miss um, a whole month of, of releases which could be your favourite album of the year. And I think this is one of ours, isn't it, Pete? I mean, we found this band yeah. called Undergang. Um, not a new band by any, any means, but this record is possibly... I think it's definitely going to go in our in our list, isn't it? It is, yeah. Which is incredible. You know, we've played. You know, we must have done thirty, forty new release podcasts this year, which is nine songs each. Um, and I won't bother doing the math, but you know, and countless other albums we've heard. You know, by just you know getting songs for this. So, you know, for something to jump straight, you know, on on the last new release podcast is, is going to get in our probably going to get in our top ten. Uh, says something, but yeah, th- this was a band um, I've heard. A bit before, uh, particularly I was going to try to get into death metal earlier in the summer. That experiment I did, you know, I came across this band, and what I like about them is they have the, you know, the, the promo kind of the blurbs on the on the two labels who've put this out, which is a uh, Misaku and Oho and Dark Descent. It kind of references a mixture of kind of gore grind, so bands like you know like Carcass and that type of thing. And like the death doom of say autopsy, that kind of slimy finish sound, which you know you definitely get. What I like about it, it's all encased with this really dirty crust punk feel, you know, it's, uh, and it just it's it's the most kind of disgusting feeling record of the year. Um, and in a year of really good death metal albums, you know, you took it like Undeath and Necrot and A Feather and Bone and tons more. This is like top of the class for me it just just because of that field i read a bit about them uh, a little while ago where they were playing um squats in denmark and you know and, and that kind of fits you kind of get it you know get the feel like that even though this is pure death metal death metal of the 
you know, really referencing all these kind of great 90s scenes and bands. Um, it has that punk spirit and that, you know, that punk grime, like, covered all over it. Yeah, you can absolutely hear that they've played those kind of uh, venues before and those kind of scene, those sort of gigs, really, because it, it just has that spirit underneath it, doesn't it? It's got something crusty about it. It's got something, mm. like, fist-in-the-air kind of fun to it as well. Um, I mean, I, I heard bands like Carcass. I think we sort of discussed it off air as, like, Autopsy and, and bands that have you know, a very grim and very sort of gore-focused kind of obsession. But underneath that, there's a, a sort of sense of this is poking fun at it. And it's, you know, it's a fun genre. And, and death metal, death metal at its most serious, is almost comical uh, without meaning to be, I think. And then bands actually have a sense of humour, sort of lift it out of that and, you know, say you know, what we are doing is ridiculous, but how fun is it? You know, mm. we're having a lot of fun with this. Yeah, and, and this this is just a, an astonishing release, really. I mean, the whole thing is just, um, like you said, uh, the other day, Pete, it's got like, the gurgling vocals, it's got, like, the proper groove to it, it's got so much going on that I think anyone who is into sort of remotely into death metal is going to be, you know, in love with this record. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So um, the album's called Aldric I Levette, which translates as uh, Never In My Life. Uh, and we're going to play the song Unfrillig Donation a Fitale Organa.
next up we've got uh, what I think we look for sometimes on the on the podcast is um, a great compilation obviously people have their favourites uh, over the years and obviously compilations stay with you for a long time and I think that's the case with um, a lot of people finding you know some of their favourite artists but they're also a great sort of they're a great vision into other people's scenes and other people's tastes and this is an absolute brilliant example of that so Righteous Filth Records from Denver, Colorado um, put out this um, cassette compilation of Southeast Asian bands um, for Cassette Store Day uh, 2020 and it's brilliant it's got bands from South Korea, China, Japan, Indonesia, Malaysia, Cambodia and uh, even New Zealand in there so it's a real sort of insight into the kind of sometimes a, a scene that kind of is famous maybe for its death metal, maybe for its black metal at, at some points, but maybe not for its stone of doom and and experimental stuff. So there's some real um, sort of stalwarts of the of the scene over there. But um, I picked out a song called uh, Migration by a band called Coma, uh, who are actually from Malaysia, and they sort of build themselves as experimental doom uh, and a project like with an avant-garde approach. And I think that that is absolutely like what they've achieved here. Yeah, I just really enjoyed this. It's um, instrumental. Yeah, it just kind of waves in and out it's it's very psych, uh, psychedelic um what did you make of this one pete yeah that kind of last comment you know the fact that it's, it's psychedelic I, it, it almost feels like the same structures you know like a psych jam you know but instead of that kind of fly away flowery psych instrumental which you can kind of take or leave and, and forget about it has this darker edge and, and that probably brings you know it's like you say with the experimental side of it that pushes it into doom territories and all of a sudden you talk about like droney doom on a psych jam uh tracking which makes this really really interesting you know and i love kind of compilations like this you know load of new bands i think there's one band on there i'd heard before which is gorthrop who put out something on uh cursed monk who we play a lot of you know the, the irish record label but yeah so it's great to find these these compilations that's a really easy way of listening to it you know finding a load of a load of new bands without having to list the whole albums and all that type of thing. so yeah brilliant and and the other thing with this band there's a couple of bands i'm not sure if people will even know of these bands but uh, vault and deezer which is a uh, dyse they, these two bands who were on the exile on mainstream label who put out incredibly experimental you know doom's the wrong word for it but they were in this you know they, they put out this great music amazing kind of inventive music and it has a bit of that about it as well like this unpredictably um just absolutely unending energy into you know packed into you know packed into songs so that they're kind of bursting full it has all of that together with like say with this overcast um feel to it so it's never it's never in a happy place. It's always kind of brought down and darkened and, and made doomier. Grim. Yeah, love it. Mm. That's the kind of thing we like here. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to check this out, um, you can get this at righteousfilthrecords.bandcamp.com. The cassette's still available. So, yeah, go, go and look into that. There's actually bands on there that um, apparently have been around for a long time. So a band called Electric Lady uh, from China on there. Um, it's a real treat. So, yeah, I'd, I'd check this out. It's, um, it's so varied and so interesting. Um, so yeah, we're going to play the song Migration, and this is a band called Coma.
Transylvanian Tapes are one of the labels that we've played quite a lot of releases from this year, and I think um, it's only fitting that they should squeeze one more in just before the end of the year. Um, I know they've been trying to sort of release quite a lot for every uh, Bandcamp fee free day this year, but this um, this one's pretty special, isn't it? You picked a band called Battlehag, um, yeah. and their album Celestial Tyrant. Yes, yeah, and you know, we like I say, I got into Transylvanian tapes through I think a song you picked, and I suddenly realised they've got this enormous back catalogue of you know bands we'd heard of and bands we know of, but then also just this kind of particularly from uh, the Bay Area of California, but you know not limited to that of, of death and doom and black metal, uh, black metal put out on tapes, uh, these incredible releases. And I made it my mission to kind of go through the whole back catalogue, probably in the summer. Um, so I came across Battle Hag at that time. And then, like you say, they've been making sure to put releases on, the, on every first Friday of the month, which, meant, you know, it's been something to look forward to on that day. Um, and to find, you know, Battle Hag back was great because, like, the last album was, you know, was uh, a lot of fun too. So they're not kind of trad doom, but they are definitely doom. You know, they're, they're in that genre. They, they're not kind of pushing out to you know experimenting with mass genre blending and oh it's not you know it's not black and it's not experimental it's not kind of progressive like you know doom has gone off in so many directions at the moment this feels like pure doom worship and it's brilliant for it you know it, it doesn't matter it doesn't need anything else and this is as good as battle hag have sounded having now become an expert in battle hag as it were saying that you know it's really you know it's really dark it's epic. It's it's kind of it just you know it fills a hole. It's perfect for me. Yeah, I mean it. It doesn't cut like you say. It doesn't sort of plumb the depths of absolute misery, but it's it's got something to it that's uncanny and a, a bit uncomfortable. I think that's what mm. I liked about it. We talk about Bandcamp reviews on here quite a lot because there's there's obviously some brilliant ones out there, and I don't think Bandcamp. Um, is rivaled anywhere for for the sheer craziness of the reviews. Um, just to note, I mean, I've been reading about uh, this this week. Apparently, the best way to support someone via Bandcamp, as well as buying this stuff, obviously, is to leave a, a Bandcamp review. So anything you buy off there, just just drop a sentence or so, um, like these people. Um, so um, I mean, we don't often just read things out verbatim, but this this sort of needs it really. So uh, someone called the Fugly Chuds has put, "Crush my testicles, please! Holy fuck, God, this is beautiful music." I mean. It doesn't really come with much more of a stamp than that, does there? There's someone else who just put, deep in the pit there is heaviness. Um, and someone talked about their amplifier having an orgasm because they played this album. So if they're not uh, reasons to go and check this out, then I don't really know what is. But yeah, this is this is a great release and Transylvania Tames have done it again. 2021 is going to be huge uh, for them, I think. This is actually out on January 11th, but you can listen to all three tracks now. Uh, we're going to play the song Talus.
comes to uh, finding new music, I mean, sometimes uh, Bandcamp, as, as we always sort of plug on here, is a really good source of all this stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it's come up again with some absolute um, filth for us, really. Um, so the band Witchmelter that we found this week um, have come out with, uh, they're just a duo, uh, you know, bass, drums and, and some pretty horrific vocals. Um, yeah, and they're from California. And this, I think they did a demo um, in August, and uh, yeah, this is their first album, I guess. It sounds rough and ready, it sounds disgusting, but it's kind of like a blend of all the best bits from like power violence, sludge, grind, black metal, and it's got like a, a political undertone to it, and you know, some brilliant samples in there. I don't know if you sort of picked up on that, Pete, from... Yeah. I mean, Grindcore is sort of famous for using um, a lot of samples, you know, picked up from political speeches, picked up from films and um, radio broadcasts and stuff. But I think it works really well here with the with the aesthetic they've gone for. Mm, yeah. And and kind of they mentioned, you know, some of the some of the money received through Bandcamp will go to the bail fund donations, which is brilliant and which is, you know, Grand Coast should be political. It should be should be left wing and it should, you know, so all good and, re- you know, re- really good to see. Uh, yeah, what I liked about it, is you kind of touched on it, is that mixture of the mixture of the genres. So, you know, this to about say power violence and sludge. You know, obviously there's a you know there is crossover there in terms of um, mindset, in terms of the people who are into this music. You know, we're into both of these things, but in terms of tempo, you're probably talking about the complete extreme opposite ends of that, and um, and that manifests into the music in in, in a way which is. Um, exciting, you know, it's kind of you've got the raw, you know, absolute manic power violence end, and then this lurching, treading through mud sludginess, um, and it, it works really well. It works, you know, it just sounds glorious at times. And, and the, the bands it reminded me of the, band, the first bands that popped into my head when I was listening was like Dystopia and Buzz Oven. And if you like, if, if that's kind of the colour of bands you're thinking of, then you're in a good place. Absolutely, yeah, and I mean, it's got that kind of filthy, bleak aesthetic to it, but it's also got something about it which keeps you listening, and I, I think that's a really good thing to sort of get with this kind of music, because it can be just like a dirge, it can be a little bit unlistenable, but this is just, it's got that endearing um, rehearsal room quality to it as well. It's it's a shade above the sort of black metal demos that sound like wasps in a tin, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's got that kind of rough crusty mentality to it and that's what I loved about it so um, the album's called Chapters of Atrocities and you can get it at witchmelter.bandcamp.com we're going to play the opening track which is called Guilty Pride if you guys don't know that to defend my country then when I got to Vietnam we committed atrocities we committed atrocities for every single day when I was in Vietnam. They took an oath to defend this government. When I got to Vietnam, we committed atrocities. They took an oath to defend this government in Vietnam. And we murdered 170 Vietnamese people. And you guys don't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah
NBA are all hardcore. Flesh it, nailed to the jungle floor. Throw them psyops out the door. Napalm sticks to kids. 18 kids in a no-fire zone. Foots under arms and going home. Last in line goes home alone. Napalm sticks to kids. So this next band, um, I, I don't know, like we've kind of discussed this off air and, and we've kind of decided that I don't think it's quite as it's described. So it, it sort of puts itself out there as... Um, being sort of black, black metal-ish um, sort of aesthetics, but I think this has got a real doom flavour to it. Um, what do you reckon, Pete? It's a band called Varanak. Yeah, and, and, you know, kind of it's described. I think it's described as atmospheric black doom, and you know, it's one man band. It's lengthy songs. I, I did wonder whether you know going into this, whether I was heading into that kind of atmospheric black metal you know tropes which follow the same formula of you know loud quiet loud quiet type stuff but it doesn't and it, it brings in the doom really well into kind of that you know th- these are long tracks it does have that kind of epic nature to it It does have a, you know a, a real really good atmosphere to it but it's you know it's heavier than you'd imagine it is doomier than imagine well than i do imagine going into it i should say no you know no point projecting it actually it feels really special in places i don't think it's kind of got onto something a real kind of mix of these sounds to stand out from you know from what is a increasing pack yeah i think um like a lot of things that have been sent this year have obviously been created in lockdown and, and isolation and i think this kind of reflects that this was recorded around the sort of start of many people's lockdowns worldwide and um the lyrics kind of reflect that um i mean wondering out loud i mean um the first track we're going to play is um, aconites and marigolds and i just wondered whether he picked that because um of the temporary nature of aconites i mean they're, they're flowers that um literally show for a few weeks and then are gone and then marigolds are ones where you plant them as almost like attractor flowers so they can be pollinated other plants like fruits and veg and things like that i mean this is this is my green fingers coming through to the podcast which is bizarre but i just wonder whether um those two flowers which are possibly like almost like also runs to more attractive blooms is why he's used it i don't know it's yeah um, it's a strange one i mean they are they are brilliant flowers beautiful but it's just (laughs) it's just like maybe that's the reason why and um it fits in with that isolation and um i mean the the lyrics talk about like I, i will set uh, myself up for improvement but I want, might succumb to the same vices are, are we doomed to repeat ourselves and things like that so yeah something to think about maybe I don't know but, I like that theory even yeah. if it's wrong I, I'm going with it yeah more, yeah. more sort of flower chat on the podcast I think. <laughs> yeah yeah I like, the other thing I mean as you say you know we've had a number of solo releases here this year which is inevitable because you know it's been used as an output for um, isolation and boredom and frustration and fear that's you know and it's brilliant that music can provide that output what i didn't expect from that is it to be so good you know for whether it's production values whether it's songwriting and, and the you know multi-instrumentalism and we've had a number of bands on a number of solo you know recordings this year which which wouldn't have been the case without 2020 being as it has been uh, it's been an amazing you know it's been a, a revelation of how good these songs you know how, how how well a single person can create the entirety of a song and the production and all that type of thing you know obviously with help you know in some cases in terms of the production of things like that but even still it's, it's it has kind of like i say it's been a revelation for to me yeah and i think um it's gone away from that really kind of minimal aesthetic of, of you know a single person in the bedroom making a, a scratchy black metal demo i mean yeah 
you know that's got its place and people love that we've played stuff that's similar to that on here before but there's been a real leaps and bounds made this year i think with with forced isolation i think isolation on its own can create really good stuff but if you're forced to kind of sit down and create something because you feel like that's an outlet and you need to you need to make some sort of art to react to how you're experiencing the world then i think that's got maybe a weird sense of beauty to it and i think that's what he's captured here uh, with varanak mm. so yeah um amazing stuff so the, the record's called relics of morning uh, and you can get it at varanakdoom.bandcamp.com uh, like i said before we're going to play the song aconites and marigolds
Uh, we've played this next band on the podcast before. Um, so Sonata from uh, Poland uh, that were picked by uh, the lovely Chris Hardwick, who um, came on to sort of promote his uh, fest in Rotherham called Gizzard Fest, which I gather got flooded uh, the last time it was on. So I'm hoping he comes back with a, a bill as good as that one was uh, before. But yeah, I think Sonata came all the way over from Poland and did like a little UK tour as well. And they've got a new album out called Burning in Heaven, Melting on Earth. Um, now this is like very sort of reminiscent of like the, the post-metal um, masters, you know, like Neurosis, Court of Luna, bands like that. But I think they've got their own kind of ritualistic uh, aesthetic of their own going on. Um, what did you make of this one, Pete? Because I know post-metal's not exactly your, you know, number one genre. No, I, I, I've heard, you know, I've heard the, the first two records um, and while never kind of yeah like you say never really being my thing i've always respected them because they have this great ambition you know that they're, they're they're going for the epic scale um and and t- pushing that kind of you know those um post-metal boundaries as as much as you can in the kind of way like cult of luna have grown i guess um you know from the from the beginnings of watchtower and things like that so i've you know, I, I I like what they do. I've got a lot of time for them, and you can hear that here. It feels even more progressive, I guess. That you know, I, I do think the song sounds a lot like Neurosis for the first half of it, which you know, not necessarily a criticism, um, but you really get you know, you can hear that influence throughout it. As it as it kind of switches over to the second half, it does change, and it bring it actually sounds more like say someone like Yob, and you know, and that's that's when I'm really brought in, and I'm really like, yes, this is kind of. Um, you know, this is more my style, and the, the kind of the almost cleanish vocals kind of sets them apart as well. It gives them that air again, like this, you know, the air of grandness. And um, it'd be interesting to see how the whole album is, you know, because as a taster, you know, it comes out in February. This is, you know, this 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 is a statement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they've gone in, they've really gone in on the artwork and the the way they've presented this. So um, it looks like they've only got a hundred versions of the vinyl available. Um, so if you want that, be very, very quick. Uh, and there's sort of packages there to get the CD and uh, T-shirt packages as well. So I think they've they've really kind of achieved something here. And I can't wait to hear the rest of the record, to be honest. Um, this is the opening track. Um, and um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a really impressive one. So this is Crows, and you can get it at sonataofficial.bandcamp.com.
So to close this week, we've got the excellently named Weed Druid. So Pete, you found this one, um, and yeah, it, like on on the surface, you think, oh, this is a bit of a joke. Like this is you know crazy song titles. Um, they've got a song called uh, Goat Busters for God's sake, but you know, I, I really enjoyed this. I mean, it's full of risk, full of fun, but like I think on the on like a few more listens, it's got a lot more going on, and, and it's yeah, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and that's exactly how I felt about it. It was. You know, I'll always listen to Stoner Rock, I'll always enjoy it. I put this on and it feels, you know, it, it does feel kind of lighthearted. It feels jaunty riffs in there. Uh, you know, it's got it, it's got something in common with the band Rota, who were on Electrohash. You know, really, you know, this really um, underrated, I guess, German instrumental Stoner Rock band. You know, I thought I'm happy to have this on that came out on the I think last week. And what I realised quickly... Uh, very quickly even as i'm going to actually there's a lot more to it than that it's it's the good nature of it shouldn't betray the fact that there is a hell of a lot of you know skill in this there's you know great songwriting um is is it's just great music you know i'm just describing it in simple terms because that's what it is all packaged in it's still there to kind of make you smile and and make you happy but every track has got something about it every track's like fun and fuzzy all the, you know, all the good qualities of Stoner Rock, and you know, it's kind of, I, I like the fact that we bookended this podcast with two instrumental Stoner Rock uh, bands because you know, for all the, for, for everything with that genre and how it's probably, you know, it's um, been tarnished in, in, as a reputation over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. It's actually been a decent year for it this year it, within it all. You, like bands like Bogwife and Elephant Tree and things like that. It's really you know really good album has been created so to kind of finish the new release podcast for the year on a on a, a very very good stone rock album uh i think is uh fitting it's quite fitting yeah i think people are doing new things with uh, a genre which i think possibly got saturated 20 years ago uh, and probably people got put off quite quickly but yeah there's there's so much to discover and like this is proof absolute proof so yeah the album's called come on let's druid uh, we're going to play the song dr hippo lord and you can get this at weedruid.bandcamp.com mm-hmm. 